This is Jason K. And this is Jason M. And this is Context Free. This is the podcast with the name that has nothing to do with gaming, yeah. but is all about tabletop gaming and, and digital gaming. Yeah, and it makes no sense. It's called Context Free. I mean, we don't have Meeple in the name. We don't have Game in the name. We don't have Cardboard in the name. <laughs> we don't have any of these things in the name. If you think about it, it's kind of like a rock band. It is. Because rock bands did this, right? I mean, other than like Metallica and St. Clown Posse, ELO, like no rock bands tell you who they are. You have to know. You have to know. Ahead of time. It's like, we're, we're actually very pretentious is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Because we, yeah, you, you'd never know because we're like, what the hell is your podcast? Yeah. About? And it's where there's no context. We, don't, get, we don't give it to you. And, uh, but this but, week or this month, I should say, not this week, this t- month. Today. I, today. I'm, I'm I, here right now, right? You're here. You're here. You're here. We think so. I'm super excited to have Scott Demers in the, uh, in our room here recording with us. Scott is a game designer, fellow gamer, and has a current Kickstarter uh, campaign going for Hellenica, a story of Greece. Yes. And welcome, Scott. Thank you very much. Good to be here. Mm. So we have like a pile, a pile of questions for you, and it's it's kind of embarrassing because we have like a bulleted list of things. Yeah, there's a lot of words on these so, sheets. Of there there's is. a lot of words. But I was and- just going to start, and I was going to say, <laughs> up until about two weeks ago, you were in contacts in my phone as Scott Gamer. <laughs> I should I be offended I wasn't Scott Game Designer? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> well, number one, I didn't know what your last name was. Yeah, right. And I did not know you were a game designer. But I was like, so every time that would come up when you would text me about, hey, I'm organizing this or that, it would just be Scott Gamer. So yeah. I knew exactly what was going on. This could be a really smooth way of him making sure that nobody thinks that he's an impartial uh, yeah. or thinks he's a partial that's, that's interviewer here. He's, he's got no bias. Right. He's basic. Right. Yeah. It's all, it's all the money that we take in from right. our, our vast troves of yep. dollars that sway right. our people, opinions question where it comes from right yeah so so i mean just you know the standard opening question i mean how did you what you know you obviously are a gamer i mean you you're way into the hobby local etc um how did that all get started and you know what are some of the the key moments for you as a gamer yeah i think like a lot of us a family introduced you right i mean my dad owned games that he bequeathed to me that frankly i still own that are older than i am like I own an original Tactics 2 from Avalon Hill, which is 53, I think, okay. 56, something wow. like that. So, um, yeah, that's that's maybe tells you quite a bit about the social life I live, maybe. In so, so you're, I mean, you're, so you dad, brother, brothers. Games. Oh, uh, every Christmas it was okay. two, three games for each of us, and I had yeah, I had two older brothers, okay. I, and we would. You know, you'd rip open the game, and the clothes would go to the side, and the games would be <laughs> okay. what, what would keep you up till the one night you were allowed to stay up till you know one in the morning or whatever. And you all fall. Do you still game with your brothers? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're they're nearby. I have I, I have one brother here in Denver, and cool. we he games with us sometimes. Sure. Oh, okay, nice. What what uh what what was the game that like just sealed it for you? That you're like they're like this oh, is yeah oh yeah. that's good yeah you know. Dark Tower man Dark Tower oh, getting re- it's getting a reprint uh-huh. yeah I saw that I was there I was I was like rolling up posters at Gen Con of with uh, who who was the guy that did the ads um well with it's, the creepy it's, voice on the on TV oh it was uh, he had a beard it was yeah, yeah it's the guy who did who did um, that one movie with the with the sled in it. I keep wanting to say Orson oh, Welles. It is Orson. Is it Orson Welles? Oh, okay. It is Orson Welles. Mm. Okay. That's Rosebud. Yes. Rose, exactly. Okay. Rosebud. Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane. We got there. the greatest movie. I was like, I was like, I'm going to wait. I don't think it's Orson Welles, but no, no, it, it was. Okay. It was. I was desperate. I could picture him, and I, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's that, getting that, your, so dark tower. You're dating yourself by having seen the commercial firsthand. So. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, but that's that okay. Was, I'm 44. But, but let's be clear, right? The, the, I mean, those games and stuff. I mean, back then, you know, you just unleashed your fantasy, and and then. 
when I was probably 12 years old or so, I, I got a copy of Magic Realm by Avalon Hill, which is still my favorite game of all time. It also is, you know, not a game you just lightly, you know, step into. It's mm. the most complex game I've ever played. But I have no, I've never played a game, including Dungeons & Dragons, that is as immersive to me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just silly. And, right. Um, and so, so those games kind of just awaken that creativity. And so I can remember as a 10, 11-year-old, even younger, I can remember at the bicentennial of the country, so that'd be 76, I was nine years old, sitting with my brothers upstairs in my brother's room playing a game he had designed, an mm. epic space opera of conquering the galaxy, mm-hmm. um, while my parents were yelling up the staircase for us to come downstairs <laughs> and watch the fireworks. It's the only time in your life you'll be able to see something like this. Right. There were, now I'm about to conquer Omega Centauri. <laughs> there were other opportunities, though, weren't there? Yeah, yeah. in the end, fireworks. In the are end, fireworks, fireworks yeah. are fireworks. Yeah. yeah. So was it yeah. always tabletop stuff, or did you get? In, did you play video games, or was that yeah, just I, not I did, your generation? Or? I did for a while, but even there, you know, I always like the turn-based stuff better. Okay. You know, real-time strategy. I'm, you know, not that quick. So the turn-based it, stuff, I always like Civ. Is, Sonic fist pump on that. I'm, yeah. I'm all about turn-based. <laughs> so, well, and the true story is, if I'm gonna play, <laughs> I'm really dating myself here. If I if I'm gonna play a, a game, like I, probably my go-to game right now would be like Omega Centauri or Sid Meier's Omega Centauri. Alpha Centauri. Alpha Centauri or Civ Two, like Two with the oh, isometric wow. graphics. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. You know, so um, I was just saying the other day, if my Mount Rushmore of games yep. is includes Civ. The, the only ones that are there for sure for me are Prince of Persia, Sands of Time, and Civ 2. Yeah, sure. So, like, yeah. absolute, you know, like... Truly. Cannot, I, they're, they're just so indelible to... Uh, and and to interestingly me. enough, in the game Hellenica, Civ 2 is, became a core part of the design. I don't know if we'll get to it, but that's a little, little leader here for something that we might talk about later. Can I geek on Civ 2 for just one second? Did Go you, for did it. You, did you do themes when you named your cities? <laughs> um, everything was some variation of the word Scott. Oh, interesting. Even now, actually, so, at fifty-one, it's the, so. What, what, <laughs> I used to just goes. come up with a theme for a game. So once I said Crayola crayon colors, and every city was some ridiculous crayon color. Yeah, it yeah. just no. you know, like yeah, Periwinkle like, is under attack, mm. or Sienna, or what, or whatever. So, <laughs> right. Although, if I was, you know, some of those games now, when you play online, I don't do that very often. But I, I have played, and I would name them in ways that I know would offend the people I'm playing with. Mm-hmm. You know, like play with my brother Mike and. You know, just simple stuff, insulting him and whatever. So, yeah, yeah. You know, that, that, that's probably pretty normal, I think. Yeah. I love Civ. It's yeah. Just, what, what's, your, what's your favorite victory condition in Civ? Oh, I destroy everyone. I'm just like the murder. I just, I, so I... Murderation. I, yeah, I play it. Yeah. I pretend, I mostly pretend the other, the other victory conditions don't win. And, and every once in a while, I'm, I'm like, oh, I'm going to... You know, I'm going to go to space or something. And, uh-huh. and, and then I'm like, why did I do this? Right. Then you have these bunch of cities producing space modules yeah. and stuff. And you're going, I have 432 too many of those that I need. Right. It's, yeah. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It's not M- murderation. This, murderation. Yeah. yeah gen- well, well I, I'm pure economy, like just leverage to well. the healthy economy until I get it. <laughs> and then, and then, you know, and then I have so much money that I yeah. diplomat the hell out of their cities and try to get them to where they're a single city state surrounded by mine. And and then just build a wall of gold. You just make them, them your service. Yeah, wall of gold. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I've done that too. But it, there's something irresistible about just the marching, slow marching doom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They have gotten better in terms of you know just making it less micromanaging. Of course. Yeah, but yeah. Civ Two always have a 
great yeah, place. Yeah, so. I, and I tried to get into the other ones, and somewhere along, truthfully, I think you know, life gets really busy. I, I started a video game company back in 1995, and we mm. released a the first the first fast action fighting game hmm. ever to be 640 by 480, 200, <laughs> 256 colors, Ooh. and it was literally written, designed, everything in my apartment. With my brother, you coded it, and yeah, I was a coder. I'm a coder by trade. Mm-hmm. Um, not now, but I right. in another lifetime ago. The background. That's what my background is. My training cool. and whatnot. Cool. So, in terms of the the still mod- available on the internet, by the way, uh-huh. what's it called? Battle Wrath. Battle. Battle oh yeah, Wrath. it got savaged. Uh, I'll tell you that story off camera. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, what about in terms of the the modern, you know, sort of hobby games? What what's been the one, you know, because there's definitely been that. I mean, you've been playing forever, mm-hmm. right? I didn't get back. I, I didn't get like sort of reemergent to play maybe like 2005. Yep. Right. When things kind of start picking up. Probably it, about the same time. Same I, got time? Into, I took about a 10, 15 year hiatus okay. where, I mean, there was that there, there was a bit of an embarrassment about it for, to be blunt. Like, you know, nobody, I grew up in a small town. Nobody played games except for my brothers. And so okay. he oh, just, yeah, it yeah. just kind of got ingrained in my head. And then at some point I, I realized I'm, you know, I'm like 40 years old. Who cares what other people think in any way? And frankly, somebody summed it up really well. They said, everybody's a geek about something. Some things are just more, socially acceptable nice that, right well, I, yeah, yeah. you know you, like you know the I've broncos, said that, yeah. there are people where you know the broncos lose and their weeks ruined like mm-hmm. they're in a bad mood for three days <laughs> right and you know and so they're a geek about sports now it happens to be that the broncos or whatever are you know more socially shared or whatever mm-hmm. but man you know what at this point i'm extremely proud of everything I, yeah. I both not just the design side of it but the fact that it doesn't matter how bad my life's going or what is mm-hmm. going on i know that when i sit down to play a board game i'm in a happy place for those three four hours or whatever and when right. it's done everything will be waiting there for me right? yeah no but you're playing with your buddies or, you or whoever you and it. it's, it's a good time so you and... know some people go for a hike that's great i i do that too but that's what board games are for me and yep. so this whole creative and which leads to why this creative process is so important to me right you know the design of the board games isn't because it's certainly not a money-making venture right the the joke is if you want to have a small fortune, make a small fortune in board games, start with a large one. Yeah, I mean, there's right? not that. I, there's. I was trying to think the other day how many people in the world make their living on this. I mean, that's yeah, not a big group. Not a few dozen. I mean, no. When at, at Gen Con, when I was talking to other designers and frankly publishers, hmm. it would be, oh yeah, you're like you know your game looks fantastic. I love it. That's mm-hmm. great. What do you do for a living? Right. Yeah. yeah. You right. Know, literally, yeah. it wasn't sure. you know, unless you're Doctor Kinesia or you yeah, know right. or and most people are the people who do do it. Um, as their main income, it's because they're maybe retired or mm-hmm. they struck gold, you know, in software or something else. Yep. And, and, um, and so they, Hey, they want something to do. Right. The bottom line, I don't relax. Well, I'm not the guy who sits in and watches, you know, Oh, law and orders coming on or, right. you know, insert recent yeah. TV show. I just don't do that. Right. So, so talking about the game a little bit and then we'll get into kind of the process. So, um, tell us about the game, the campaign, kind of where it's, where it's at and, Yes. Uh, just you. kind of the nuts and bolts of that. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled with where we are. So um, uh, Hellenica, first off, is a game set in ancient Greece. It's a 4X Civ game. I called it a 3.5X thinking that what I was being cute. <laughs> in the end, I do regret that a little bit because it created probably more confusion. Okay. I thought it would be an attention getter, you know, because it... Re- re- cause so it, four, 4X. 4X, right? Which is uh, explore, expand, exploit, exterminate. Okay. Right? Um and the classic sort of sieve you model it. of a game, right? But, Where you do all of those right. things. And, right. And I think, you know, the granddaddy of them all is Twilight Imperium, which frankly is... On the tabletop it is, yeah. On tabletop. Yep. And, and 
And Twilight Imperium, you build the map ahead of time, but they still call it a 4X game. Well, I thought, you know, you build the map ahead of time in my game. So I think it's really 3.5X. Okay. <laughs> and, and I thought, and it's, the reality is, is the thing we're playtesting right now that will be unlocked very quickly is an explorable map where you start with just your, your city-state and you right. explore out from it, and the map is right. built as you play. Because if anyone's ever played Civ, right, you start with a settler, and you are surrounded by fog. By, by fog. By yeah. fog, right? And then yeah. you, you, you know, well, you better settle that turn if you want to win. Right. And then you march out from there. You got it. And, and the fascinating part, too, about that kind of stuff is, and this is a little bit of the design aspect, which we can save for later in detail if we want, but um, you go, oh, it's, it's easy. We'll just have where the tiles are off on the side. And as you explore, you flip a tile and you place it there. Oh, it makes it easy. But there are 100 right. myriad interconnections of that for example in my game there's world events that can trigger and you go "Ooh, a cyclops is now triggered and this cyclops has to be placed on an island right well what if nobody's explored an island Mm -hmm. right so just that one simple thing of instead of having the map pre-built you're going to explore it and discover it you have to take in i have to go through every single card in the game of which there are you know a hundred and um, and, you know, and, and I have to look and go, what's the impact of this? And in most cases, I have to play test it. Sure. So right. you stack a deck of cards to make sure that that comes up just to see what the reaction of players is. Right. So it's a, so it's a 4X game set in ancient Greece. You kind of described it as if, if you wanted to put uh, a TI4 style game. Right? It, yeah. In, Much in, simpler, but yeah. But, but that, that, that style of, of trying to get a lot of people at the table yep. to negotiate, you try to get it. shared yeah. public goals. They have yep. their secret goals. Yep. A little bit of everything, right? Some combat, some economic. You, you got it. it. One of the things I love about the game is that the threat of combat is significantly more important than the, than the reality of combat. Okay. So, yeah, it's set in ancient Greece. Civ game, you're trying to be remembered as the pinnacle representation of ancient Greece. Um, think kind of how we think of maybe Athens or Sparta today, right? That's what we remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a number of ways to do that. And so there are variable victory conditions that where mine are different than yours are different than Jason M's. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and you folded mythology into this as well. And mythology is there as well. So was, was the mythology in it from the get go? Like, did you say I'm doing ancient Greece because of the mythology or I was like, was that the draw to ancient Greece? Yeah, or? Ancient Greece is just, I'm a, I'm a huge fan. I've been to Greece several times. I, I, I love, I love the concept of ancient Greece. Uh, that said, you know, themes critically important to me, and the, the my, one of the things I'm most proud of is that people say when they play the game, "It goes, dude, dude, I feel like I'm, yeah, like yeah. I'm in ancient Greece. There are cyclopses, and there, are, you know, and the gods are bringing down hell and damnation, and 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 so it feels like that, which is which is a huge compliment. The reality is the thing that made me really want to do a game like this and ancient Greece be the perfect setting for. Or they're it. at least in Clash of the Titans. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. There's no Kraken. Let me set that straight. That's a Scandinavian thing. But is 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 this concept of, um, you know, there were hundreds of city states in ancient Greece, right? And frankly, they were always kind of vying for whether be it regional control or or overall control, and so. I'm fascinated by that, the idea of, frankly, massively multiplayer board game. And there's no better setting for that than ancient Greece. And so that's what this really set out to be. Mm-hmm. With, and then, of course, you start adding in all the flavors. In mythology, there's, you, can, you, can make your, uh, you can make it so that it's asymmetrical very quickly, just based upon the fact that I chose Ares for my patron god mm-hmm. for my first temple. And you chose a Demeter, who has a much more peaceful approach and is all about you know, productivity. So right there, you're kind of setting up this, 
you know, you're going to play a little defensively and I'm probably going to come at you. Okay. Okay. Right. Are the city states themselves asymmetric or are they? Nope. They're okay. identical. They're identical. So you, the asymmetry comes from the, the gods and yeah, sort of where got, you're, you sort you of plant your favor. Okay. So, so I consider this a sandbox game. There was, um, you know, there have been some comments uh, asked about the game in things like, well, can, you know, what about the idea of Sparta, hmm. you know, Sparta? Well, they were pretty militaristic. And so they have, you know, they focus on hoplites. Right. Um, the reality is, is I wanted a sandbox game where, you know what, if somebody wanted to play Sparta as a naval power, mm-hmm. have at it, okay. right? Um, we've just recently introduced this concept of, of themed AI decks that will play with a flavor towards what was historically true. Right. So Sparta tends towards being a land power, you know, that kind of thing. And then those are real popular. But um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to pigeonhole. We, I had that in the game originally where... Mm-hmm. Okay. Sparta had better hoplites. Right, right. And what, what I found is, therefore, everybody who played Sparta played it exactly the same way. That's not fun. So what type of audience are you, are you targeting? Like, you know, what's the game length? Like, what, what, what's our, what sort of a game night is, is Hellenica going to fit into? Yeah, I've, I've never had a game go more than two and a half hours okay. um, of, of gameplay. And so it's, it's in that two hours, a little bit over play, uh, range, regardless of player count, let's call that. Um, okay. You can, I mean, it's, it's, I'm talking seven player games here in two and a half hours, which I think is pretty unheard of. That's pretty good. Yeah. Right. I mean, as, again, as opposed to like a TI four, um, it's, it's a much lighter game, you know, it, it, sure. than, than a, some of those more complex games. I think the audience, uh, people who enjoy games like Mare Nostrum, Okay. Yeah. I think would be, you know, thematically it fits. Right. And I think it would appeal to people like that. Right. Because um, it seemed like it has a lot, it's, it has a lot of sort of seeds from Mare Nostrum uh ti yep. uh clash of cultures with a little yeah, bit i mean i know it. i know no, you're no, not you a huge it. fan of that game but I, but I i like the game other than the fact that the tech tree is so horrible it's too large it's too big it's a massive game of solitaire right it, it, it is but but it's there's some aspects of that because that's, that's a no doubt about it total you know forex you're discovering yeah, etc no and those are all great games where you can really sink your teeth into it. right though if you pulled out clash of cultures right now i go oh cool let's play right so it's not like I loathe the game. Oh, right. I just, it, inevitably in that game, there's always once where like something happens and I was supposed to take some benefit mm-hmm. that was somewhere yeah, no, on my no, board totally. that I missed. Right. That drives me crazy. Yeah, that, that game feels like you always forgot to do the laundry or take out the trash or, <laughs> no, yes. seriously, like, totally. or, or no, no, it's more like I took out the trash, but I forgot to get my brownie that I promised myself for taking the trash yes. out. That's kind of what it's like. You know, I, the sad part is, is I 100% get it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> Jason's like Jason M's like what now what huh? <laughs> have you played Clash of Cultures I have not cool game neat yeah. game I like the asymmetric play of that as a note which is I think a key part of how the influence on Hellenica happened you know for example you know I may go more of a religion route and be constantly trying to convert your pieces to my pieces <sighs> for the victory points right nothing drives me more I understand but the, insane what, what, but here's than losing that way in that game <laughs> but the thing I like about that <laughs> Is I like about I like the idea that it's it's you know it's not my army's bigger than your army and the same thing holds true in Hellenica, yeah you know you can you can't take over other people's places like that which is so the aggravation won't be there but the concept of there are many ways to fight back is that's cool true. Su- super quick clash culture story so we were playing a three player game one of the one of the guys was down to one 
city with one army. Like basically he was just like, he never, he never played. I'm out. No. So what happened? The other two, we started like fighting over here. He built back, ended up like doing all this religious conversion and almost won right. just through like that culture war. And that was super, that was super interesting that, that like you're saying, you have these other avenues to win and that right. that's key to making well, a game have that, those legs to keep playing it. And, and the cool thing about that is if that game had played out standard and then you two fought and then you won the game because you beat the other guy and the other guy wasn't able to come back, you wouldn't remember it. Right. You remember it because it was unique. It told a story. And it told a story. And that is absolutely the goal with Hellenica. I mean, the name of it is Hellenica Story of Greece. Right. And the point there is, it's not, you know, Hellenica, kick your neighbor's, you know, rear end. It's, it's you're tr- literally the game tells a story. But you, yeah. you, you chose to do that without... You chose to do that with like player narration, not with like, oh, I'm going to give you little story cards and you know yeah, read totally. all this junk. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so I, I, I'm also kind of a, a slight fan of of, of ancient Greece, Greek history, um, just from the all the things we don't know about all these kind of tiny city states and that that aren't the emphasis of of history, but the thing that people do remember, right. And that we get movies and comic books, you know, made out of, or like the, the story of the hot gates, right. Which, yep. which everyone knows we just had this movie, you know, 300, I guess we didn't just have this movie. It was like 15 years ago or something, but, but we had this movie of people not winning a battle. Right. And, 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 and that's the kind of mechanics to me that you're talking about, right. Is, is these kind of memorable, memorable. these memorable, memorable mechanics, right. That are, you know, an innovation or, or, or a strategic, you know, turn. You got it. Yeah. That's not just, well, my checkers, I took all the checkers, right? <laughs> so on that note, my favorite game of Hellenica to date, a play test was, um, so there's a concept of a wonder of the world and a mm-hmm. wonder of the world in Hellenica is, is kind of like a wild card building. It matches everything else in the city. So what happened is, a guy built a wonder of the world in the same space where he had a docks, which can build ships, and he had a market, which can move units. And he ended up using, he built two ships, because when he built a ship the tri, on the, at the docks, the wonder matched it and therefore duplicated it. Okay. Right? So he gets more ships. Okay. He then moved those ships into the sea that was right there, and then moved um, hoplites threw those ships and backdoor invaded a guy to win the game, basically. And the beauty was, is the guy goes, whoa, 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 where, where did you get those ships? He goes, oh, I built them with my wonder. And he goes, well, how did you move those ships? I moved them with my wonder. And he goes, when did you get a wonder? He goes, dude, you're the guy near all the counters. You handed it to me. <laughs> right. And so that just makes it memorable where, you know, the, the beauty of that story is, yeah. you know, just a good laugh. And it was my brother who lost. So yeah. was, you know, that's always a plus. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, like I've played TI four, four times this year and I can tell you a story about each one of those games, yes. you know, and that, yes. and that sounds like what, what you're going for. And I think yes. that's so much more memorable than like, Oh, I traded in this blue cube for two red cubes that was supposed <laughs> <Yes>. to represent <laughs> This in the Mediterranean and Yeah. I mean those games are like they're they're fun for what they are, but they, they really don't live outside of the space that you play up. It's one of the reasons we put minis in the game. Uh, and, and frankly, why I went with the artwork for the map that I did. Now in the end that may be Kickstarter level and we may redo aspects of the map, but the the buildings are minis and you place cubes on top of them, number one, because I want them to be functional. But I also wanted people to, as they're playing the game, to look out over the map and feel like that 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 they were looking at a landscape of Greece. Yeah. They're you're not looking at 
you know, a cardboard representation of buildings. Mm, right. No, it's you're actually seeing, and you can lower your eye by the table and see this landscape. Right, you're of going Greece. for the, that immersion. And, and and in the middle of it, there might be this slightly larger Wonder of the World sticking out with mm-hmm. a Zeus, you know, staff, and that. Yeah, gets me. That gets me giddy. Right. So you, you before we got on Mike, you said that you said something about 2002, which I had no idea that this has been yeah. going that long. So, you know, if if you were doing like the the, the rough chronology, I mean, 2002 yeah. is birth. You know, 2018 yeah. now we're at Kickstarter. What? <laughs> yeah, I think I'd almost. What's the 16 years? Like, yeah, what? right. Hell of a lot of life. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's be clear. Um, if 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 you saw what I did in 2002, you wouldn't go, oh, it's Hellenica. Okay. Um, what you would see, the map with the tiles, identical. Like okay. slightly different configurations and mm. things. But the, the map, where the hexes are and all that, if you're playing on the build-your-own-map, it's identical. Um, what is, but the game played fundamentally different. I think, truthfully, this game probably was really born five, six years ago. Is, okay. is when it, it I, okay, now it's Hellenic. What happened then? Um, I think that's when it crossed from being a, a, I don't know how to word this, but like a copy of another game set in Greece hmm. to a certain extent to it's his own, it's its own thing. Game design for me is very iterative. I have a brainstorm for something. I feverishly throw things into an Excel spreadsheet to, to make sure the math works. I'm obsessive about making sure the math works. What do you mean by that? Um, every, so, so, uh, the fact that every so in this game every area has between zero and four settlements on it. Uh-huh. Each settlement you can place a city upgrade, which is in essence a building on it. And so if I have a city that has three, right, I may choose to go docks. You may choose to go a barracks, an academy, and a temple. You may go choose to go three temples. And by by and and you think of all the possible variations of that. And then what is the right number? How many on average mm. should there be in each? area such that the map is the right size but not too big right right you want the map to be slightly you want smaller. some tension but you don't yeah, you don't okay. want to you, you don't want to create the oh well i want to go take boardwalk and park place and win the game because right yeah, yeah. right you have to in in the end and, and depending on the victory conditions but you know probably two-thirds of the public victory conditions that we all share are competitive in nature to the point that they're gonna now i don't have to crush you but it might be yeah, that yeah, that's a beautiful city state you've built there, Jason. It's going to be a shame when it's Athenian mm-hmm. kind of thing, you know, right? And you can't. So there's a little bit of overlap. Games that don't have that tension, good games have tension in them, either because of the hard choices you have to make, right, or because of you know the idea of you know I, at some point I I, I got to come at you a little bit, or I right. gotta stab, right, and when to do it, and all those things. The best games have that tension everywhere. Right. And I feel like this game has. Right. So so you said it was like five, six years ago when it kind yeah, of became five, its own Yeah, five, six years thing. ago. Was, that, was it played with people? Um, was it played widely? Or I guess I'm trying to get at like, wh- when did people you don't know well start playing yeah. the game? And you got opinions from people that weren't just like, hey, Scott, this is great. You know, I mean. <laughs> 2002. Okay. In reality. Oh, really? Um, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was the first games I played was. I play tested over the web with people I didn't know who were who I had met through TI4 forums. Hmm. Um, well, not but, TI4. Sorry, sorry TI forums. Yeah, TI2 t- at that yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good, good call. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, it, it, but then, you know, I, I, I have a son who's 15. That probably figures into this. Right. Right. Um, Got you it. Know, I have a daughter who's eight. You know, I've, I'm in, I think, my third career since that one. 
you know, so just a lot of life, a lot yeah, of life yeah. in those times. And, and, and so, and then not really knowing that, you know, Kickstarter has awakened the ability to go not only because I don't like, I'm not designing it just so that I can stare, you know, stare at it and waste my time, you know, <laughs> who, 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 right. Who need, I, I mean, I hope not. <laughs> who needs another hobby? Right. 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 So Kickstarter, I think gave that ability and, and, um, yeah, what gave be more specific, gave what ability, what well, did, kick, what did Kickstarter I think it. I think the biggest positive thing, and there are some negative things, but the biggest positive thing that Kickstarter has done is it's it's opened people's eyes to the fact that that you can live in, you know, Podunksville, USA, and you can you can actually, if you come up with a good design and are willing to put in some time and some money, mm-hmm. you can actually get a game made. You can get your creative outlet in front of people, and yeah, more importantly, you can get people to see the game that you made. People, right. Yeah. So, so let's be clear. As people have said on the Board Game Geek forums that that have commented, I'm pretty active there. Is you know the we, forums for your game for my game? Yeah, we've crossed a hundred. We're at a hundred and three or something like that thousand dollars, which is fantastic. Right. Your your original right? goal is twenty. So uh, you're right. You're, we're doing five times. It's fantastic. It's great, and I'm thrilled. Yeah. The thing that thr- I'm not in this to make money. The thing that I'm most thrilled about. Is it when I, when I, to know that there are people, when they say, you know, oh man, I can't wait to get this game. This looks so awesome. And, you know, and you start going, there's nothing more meaningful. Yeah. No, I mean, no matter what you're creating, whether we're creating our show. Right. Right. Or you're creating a game or someone's writing a book or no matter what sort of thing of that, you know, you want, you want other people to participate. You got it. So, and, and, and to be clear on that is, uh, it's funny. People have said, you know, I really wish that the game had asymmetrical powers or everybody started with you know sparta started with elite hoplites as their one of their advancements or whatever it is my firm belief that like i'm this is like a contract between me and the and the kickstarter um purchasers or, or pledgers and that is i'm designing the game and i am taking it to you and here is my game the minute i hand it over to you it's your game mm-hmm. if there's something you don't like or you want to post a variant on the forum go right. for it right right Perfect example is we're doing, um, so I am, I'm in the process of designing co-op play, which is, you know, you go, wait, it's a competitive game. Well, it's a one versus everybody else game. Um, I'm putting in, I'm putting together a scenario kit in essence, and we'll put out, I'm not hundred percent certain which one, but probably the Peloponnesian war as the co-op scenario. Okay. And I'm going to publish on board game geek, the kit so that you can create your own scenarios. I see. So like, this is how I should set it up. and You got it. This is how you set it up and all that. And it'll be a blank kit is, is what I plan to do. And then, and then, you know what? End users create. I would love to see 50 end user created co-op scenarios all up there. Right. Right? So that. <laughs> that kind of thing. Right? Yeah. Because yeah. at that point, it's your game. It's not mine. Hey, you want to do where, where Sparta starts with lead hoplites and Athenians start with this and everybody gets one? Go for it. It's, yeah. your, it's your game at that point. Oh, do I mean, whatever then, makes and, it most fun and if, for you. And if people can really do that, then, I mean, you have a real sandbox success. I mean, right. that's, that's... That's my perspective on Because sometimes you'll see questions on board gaming, not just about mine, but others, where they go, it'll be some unique question that, you know, in my game group, we just go, uh, what, do you, what do you think? Uh, okay, great. Let's go with that. And that's, as opposed to, let's get the official rule from the designer. Sometimes, you know what, what you decide within your group, if it works, that's better. This is not a challenge to listeners, so (laughs) please don't take me up. Don't try to stump me, but I have yet to see a question that I have not considered, thought about, obsessed about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really surprising to me because I had remembered seeing that about other games where, you know, you'd ask some really obscure question goes, well, yeah, we looked at three different ways to do that. And you're like, 
you got to be kidding me. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I didn't even can't imagine. And now as a designer, totally get it. Right. So, you know, and that's, and that circles back to the original question, which was about the kind of the math of the game yeah. and how this all works. Right. Because if, if you, if you do that right, um, things tend to balance. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you got to do a lot of work to make a balanced game so that people can actually have a good time, like having that strategic experience instead of, you know, I chose the ro- the right part of the board at the beginning of the game. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, that that's pretty core, I think, to the whole concept. Right? Is is regardless of starting position, I can win. Regardless of nothing drives me more crazy than when you're playing a game with somebody and you're halfway through the first turn and they go, well, my game's over. You know, I, 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 <laughs> oh I can't God. win now because of this one thing that went against me about this game I've never played before. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. You know, we all know there, I know I can think of a couple people I know and, and it's just, it's not just not fun. Right. No, I, I, I mean, and th- that's the thing anytime when you're going to learn a heavier game or, or something that has, you know, that took more than five minutes to teach yeah, you you have to just sometimes accept like the first game. It's like learning game. We're gonna get some things wrong, I'm, and that's okay. On the other side, I'm also not okay when the person teaching it glosses over and kind of like misses rules to almost the point of the game's misrepresented. Yes, and then people walk away from it and they're like, "Well, that game kind of sucked because it doesn't feel balanced." And you no. totally hose a rule. So you yeah, totally you know I, you gotta you, know, you gotta be fair to the game too. And I've taught so I've taught Helenica quite a bit, and there I'm are sure. there are a lot of moving parts. Yeah, thank thank you. For sure. <laughs> well, I mean, yes. I can't imagine how many times you've taught it. <laughs> but I, I can teach the game in ten minutes. And wow. It, now that said, I don't teach combat right off the shoot, even though combat's super easy. Mm-hmm. But what I instead say is I say one phrase about combat. I go, we'll we'll talk about combat a couple turns into the game because what I really want you to focus on are the actions you do in a turn mm-hmm. and how they kind of work. I said. The key thing about combat is that quality matters more than quantity. Mm. So having both hoplites and cavalry is more valuable than having a whole ton of hoplites alone. So no spearmen are going to take out my battleship. It's possible, but you got to get a little bit of luggage, right? Yes, I get it. Nice sim reference. So anyway, that and that so that part's important, I think. Um, but yeah, you the game is pretty, and, and and everything in the graphic design was done for that purpose too. Like when I I. You know, for the listeners, I, sh- I showed you guys the the player boards mm-hmm. earlier. I just threw them out, and I said, "Yeah, I said they're color coded. Look where there's brown on the player board; those are your actions. Where there's paper on the player boards, those are your advancements. So on your turn, all you have to do is look down at your player board, look for where there's brown. If you have a cube in any of those actions, you can do that action. If you don't have a cube, you can't. Mm-hmm. So here are my five actions I can do. Next turn, here are my four actions I can do. Next turn, here are my three actions, and so." By by self limiting those choices as you go along, it just kind of flows. So and it speeds it up, right? So it, it makes it, it smooth for someone to go yeah. kind of look and see what they're going to play. We so played it's... on Thursday, Jason. We played a six player game with one a seven player game, but one of those was an AI and uh, four brand new players who said, "Hey, I've been wanting to play this. They'd never seen the game before or anything," and it was two hours and fifteen minutes. Wow! So with AI. And, you know, for brand new players who had never seen the game before. And Actually, five new players, because I stepped in halfway. One guy had to leave. So t- I, oh, you weren't, you weren't part of the... I was watching. Yeah, you were watching. I, I was running okay. the AI and thoroughly relishing the AI <laughs> doing well. Got it. So does the... I, I want to hear... So I was telling Jason that I, I feel like in heavier war games, like coin games, there's this tradition of including bots, like AI, to kind of yeah. play against. You rarely see it in... Or I can't think of too yeah. many in 
and kind of that lower weight game yeah. where you'll see Scythe it. Scythe is the kind of probably pinnacle example, but even that's got quite a few moving parts to it. I think. So how do you how do you even go about that? Why did you do it? How do you keep it from being overly fiddly? Like what what were yeah. the what were your thoughts about the, just having that be a part of your game? Like why bother? Yeah. So so I it all started um, and I actually posted about this in the Hellenica board game geek. I did I did a designer diary about a bunch of things for this game, and one of them I did was the AI. And I had this this set of kind of rules that I you know and and this is where I'm circling back to that comment I made earlier about where Civ two made an appearance in this game. I actually referenced that in, in the designer diary. So these you know I think I, I don't remember and I'm not gonna be able, able to quote them all, but you know it's it it must be fun, right? It's got to be quick. Uh, it should take no longer to run an AI turn than a, than a human turn. Okay. Um. Um. Uh, uh, it it's not fiddly. Right. I mean, just these and, the, and if you come up with your six kind of mantras, these are the things that are my guiding principles. Everything from there. Yeah. Um, you just refer back. And the only time I ever got into trouble with AI is when I didn't refer back, when I didn't say here, here are my rules. One of the key rules is the AI doesn't cheat. Okay. Now in the end, like me. well, and so that's where the Civ two thing. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Like Jason. Um, I don't cheat. But so in Civ two, you may recall this. Um, so memory wasn't that hot on computers; it wasn't that large, and they had a problem with the triremes doing the pathfinding. Remember, in that game, triremes can't spend their turn away from a, a right. land; can't end their turn away, from- or they have a fifty-fifty chance of sinking. So, but they couldn't figure out the the memory needed to calculate that was too complex for for the memory that was in computers at the time. Therefore, they they just said it doesn't apply to AI. And so you, the AI would just spread like a plague across all the islands <laughs> very quickly because their, their triremes could do whatever they, they want. They cheated. Right. So that was a fundamental thing in my game I didn't want to have happen. There's one way that the AI cheats. Um, maybe 1.5 ways the AI cheats. But there's one <laughs> way. 1.5. Yeah. And I'm big on decimals, I guess. <laughs> the one way it cheats, and it's minor, and it's frankly because of another mantra, which is it's got to be quick and not fiddly, right. is... Um, when it when as you're going around AI's turn, right? When, on my turn, I take an, an action, which means I will train units, or I will build a new building, or I will um, research, right, or whatever. The AI does that all at once on the very first turn. They get all their stuff, hmm. and the reason for that is if I'm playing a solo game against six bots, right, and let's say the t- games the turn's going to last five six rounds, I don't want to flip thirty six cards. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, I want to go flip and then go, oh, and then that place one thing out and then, you know, and then do that six times. Then I do my one action. Then I go six more times with just mm. fiddliness. Yeah. That sucks. So when I mentioned that Hellenica had this, you had a different idea, Jason, right? You had uh, thought of like, oh, does it have a... Oh, app yeah. I was, like, I was like, oh, is this another like app game where like there's a no. game and there's an app and there's like, I'm like, oh, that must have taken a immense amount I don't, of time. I don't believe in app games. Yeah. You don't I, believe in them? They exist. I've seen them. I know. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like Santa Claus. No, I just, I don't like the, like the beauty I mentioned earlier. I have, I have a game from 1956. Mm. And right now, if for some reason we wanted to play it, I could pull it out and we could play it. Right. I challenge you that 52 years from now, are you going to be able to play, you know, Gollum Arcana or some other app-based Alchemists. game? Alchemists. Yeah, or yeah, yeah, yeah. Mansions of Madness 2. Mansions of Madness, yep. right? You know, it's not going to be able to play them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that, to me... I mean, more power to you, and that's great. I don't like, you know, I don't like the timeline. Now, in 52 years, I'll be 103. Yeah. So maybe it won't matter. <laughs> yeah. But maybe, maybe it will, maybe, Jason. Maybe, maybe it will. You're still going to be moving <laughs> Corinth down to Sparta, <laughs> and you're just going to be doing that. That's right. I'm going to go on a Kickstarter next year. 
So that, but anyway, so yeah, I'm not the, the AI being it's, it's cards yeah, yeah, yeah. to tell you what you get. And there's also a supply number and that's just how many times the AI can move that turn. Hmm. And then they follow the rules that everybody else. How follows. do you keep it from being fully scripted, where you know I can game what I know the AI is going to do? I, I don't. I haven't they have, played. They it, have so, cards, yeah. right? So they're cards. So for there's each. some random. Well, there's cards to determine what they build. So you don't like when I'm I taking see. my turn. I you know I flip a card and, and, and it might be that Sparta this turn builds a couple of uh, elite triremes mm. and some hoplites. The next turn it's oh they've added cavalry or whatever. And then what they do is there are some you know it's like a very it's takes. Yeah, you know, I, I have it committed to memory, but even if you don't, you, you read, you know, three, four sentences, tells you where they're going to move. And it's, you know, number one, they're going to move wherever they have the most units. So let's say, let's say the AI is going to move three times this turn. The first time they get to move, they, go, they look, where do I have the most units? Oh, they have the most units, you know, let's say in Troy. Mm-hmm. So then, then they go, okay, next, you get, where are they going to move? And they, and they so it's will rules move, based. Yeah, it's they, and they'll move it. to the highest value stuff. Mm-hmm. And I do have in there this idea that if, if they're, let's say they're in the end or there are two tiles that match, evens odds. Yep. It's, it's random to create that little bit. The other thing that's really neat about the AI is, is um, they, have, they hold grudges. <laughs> which is my favorite thing about the AI. <laughs> so once the AI captures something, they consider it theirs. Right. If you ever do anything untoward this is funny. towards that particular thing, they will hold a grudge against you. Mm. So the, and this happened in the game the other day where, where the AI captured the sea area right next to Troy and the guy playing Troy captured it back. Do you put like a token down to, re- so, to remember? Yeah, is that there's, the there's idea? literally okay. a little, I'll show it to you if you want sure. later. There's a little grudge space okay. for each AI. And so I just take my colored cube and I, I go, ooh, I just angered Troy. Right. And I put it on Troy and I, sh- I put my little purple cube there and it says, Troy now has a grudge against purple. And that alters that flow of where, what they think is yeah. most valuable to go after. That's they cool. Will, they will go after me first. I love this idea of memory yeah. in um, like a rules-based thing where it's not just, it's not just an idiot, right? It's not just like, totally. oh, I forgot what happened before. I'm going to base things based Correct. on what's going on. And that's, that's pretty, I and, like and, that a lot. And what was really funny in that game is the AI went after Troy, yeah. and then uh, on the other side of Troy was another human, or uh, on the other side of the, the AI was another player, and Troy was going, for the love of God, attack him. Make him make you the grudge. <laughs> and, and the other guy was like, I'm not going anywhere near that, <laughs> right? And this was funny. Just, and so then there was like almost this pivot of, you know, Troy had to fight off this Byzantium invasion, mm-hmm. which is just neat. And, and, yeah. and, and again, the story, the one guy, he actually said, he goes, my favorite part of the game he said was the fact that I was struggling and fighting the game against the AI. Right. Yeah. And normally that's, you know, normally it's like the AI is. Well, but I mean, with co-op there. games, you know, I mean, co-op games are everywhere and that's yeah. basically how they're built. I mean, another Mr. B games, the Days of Ire, yep. which you've, I'm sure, played. I, I have. Yeah. yeah, which is great. It's really neat. It's game. really neat. And, and that's got a really cool system of, of yep. setting that up where you can play that Zukov role or yep. you can have the rules play. It, I right? thought that was really well done. And, and you don't feel like you're playing a card flip. You know, you feel like right. you're fighting against a smart player. There's intention. And that's the goal. And, and yeah. so yeah. when I, when I did the AI, you go circling way back to your original question, which I have now avoided for about 10 minutes, <laughs> was why did I design it? I designed it because it's not always easy to get seven of your buddies together. Those to me are the most epic game nights Bingo. when you do. Yeah. Yeah. But the reality is, is, you know, then the one dude has car trouble and he's not there. And you're like, oh, 
Like, you know, Game of Thrones, the board game is ruined if you can't get all the we players were, there. Yeah. I love that game. One of my top five all time. Yeah. But you got to have six. You got to have six. Although and now it, they're expanding it to eight, I guess. But are they? Yeah. Yeah. There's an expansion coming out with. Now I got to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> we were, our discussion last that's episode, a, we, were, we were talking about, you know, when you're planning a game night, like you've got to have these games that can, that can allow for someone unexpected either showing up or not showing up yeah. and how do you handle that? Yeah. Right? There's just the cognitive load of like, Oh, we're all ready to do. Oh, Bob can't show up. Right. Oh, I guess, you go, I guess we're playing. Well, yeah. Cause I have a group. <laughs> I have yeah. a group like this that literally like any particular time we do it once a month, I might have one person show up or I might have eight. Right. Like, I, I mean, I'll know a couple days ahead of time, but I say it to everyone, I'm like, you got to RSVP because yeah. I need to know if we're going to be playing, you know, a yeah, two-player yeah. war game or we're going to be playing, totally. you know, bang the dice I game here, with you. right? So and and inevitably, like... there's always the one person who shows up half hour late. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because, so that's why the AI was created. Then I realized where, hey, four of us can play with three AIs. And oh, by the way, the AI will consider other AI to be the enemy as right, well. Right. But it, it dawned on me, you know, you could actually play this one player. And I started play testing that and it worked really well. Hmm. You know, um, I lost my very first game I ever played solo, which was really fun to have. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, um, and, and I get teased about this sometime, but I've actually played the game where I didn't play the game. I literally, I watched a seven player game, AI game unfold mm-hmm. just to yeah, see what happens. To see what happens. Yeah. And I haven't play tested this, but as we're sitting here talking, you just awakened something in my head, which is I seriously think that if you were playing the game and you had, um, and you, a, a human player had to leave halfway through the game. I think you could seamlessly slide in an AI player to what take about, over, and the other way around. I right? think the other way around too. Yeah. yeah, the challenge on that that would be a little bit bigger is the AI does get one one buff, which is this. So you get two. Uh, yeah, how se- do they do the secret goals? Yeah, yeah. So what you work? do is you you get three cards, and they're kept face down until everybody else has picked their goals. Then they're flipped face up. I see. Okay. And all AI players share those three goals. Oh, okay. okay. The, the reason why you do it that way is the three is the three represents the fact that the AI isn't really consciously capable of, it's not, it doesn't know it's working towards these two goals. Mm-hmm. So you throw in one more just to provide a little bit of coverage. You give a little more, yeah. Okay. Right. But it cannot com- com- complete more than two of those. So it still has to complete one of the public more that, competitive. That's, that's, you, that's your goal as well. You or, got it. Gotcha. Right. And so, and that has worked extremely well. And if you, uh, heavy cardboard, we did a, a video play through. And in that game, um, we realized that one guy had attacked one city and captured it from the AI. And if he wouldn't have done that, the AI would have won the game about an hour and a half in, <laughs> which would have been like wow. kind of an, I mean, cool, but maybe a little underwhelming from a yeah. playthrough perspective, yeah. you know? There's something really satisfying about that, that kind of vengeful behavior and something that's not a person right like well, right it's, i always think of like terminator 2 it can't be reasoned mm-hmm. you're right you know and and in that playthrough on heavy cardboard ai came right at me dumped hoplites hmm. right outside my home city state on the very first turn of the game and and so then i was like i suddenly went all defensive and but i kind of felt like i would win if i won or the ai won since i designed right. AI. But so, right so not to beat the civ 2 drum too hard but you're 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 trying to do that like barbarians but with a purpose Barbarians with a yeah, sure, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I get you. I mean, I mean, obviously, you play Civ Two, you're playing against the the AI of Civ Two and, and all of that. Right. But 
there's that like. Are you implying that I'm simulating the latest in 1989 technology? <laughs> no. <laughs> is that was that seriously? I don't know what it is. Oh, I don't no, know. I, I, was I like, doubt oh, it was that. It could um, have been. I don't know. Um, no, but it's obviously influenced how many different things. Oh, it's it's it's, it's, it's core to how so many of these things yeah. work, and yeah. and it was it was a, as a video game. I'd call it the one video game that had a real core influence on this game, both in how the design worked. They hey, will not cheat much multiple paths to victory <laughs> which you might, to victory which you've talked about um, you know you build up you, it's just there's just so many things yeah absolutely so the, the the kickstarter campaign when i look at these i mean the the way the kickstarter campaigns have evolved i mean correct me if i'm wrong but you look at campaigns from a few years ago it's just like oh there might there's a video whatever i mean now there the laundry list of things that you have to have yes to look pro and that you're not just some bozo who's, you know, yeah. is, is unbelievable. Yeah, we're, we're easily, we were easily 20 grand into it before we ever put the Kickstarter up. Yeah. Just to be clear. Yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, and, and here's the thing that people don't understand. It's, it's funny because I've seen people say things like, you know, uh, you should do all colored minis to the city states. That's great. You know, cool mini did this or whatever. And you go, yeah, they did. If I do 1.5 million, I promise you I will. <laughs> no, but I'm not even talking about like the, I'm talking about just putting up the campaign like putting up the page oh. like oh yeah the, you have there are multiple survey places just of where you can do your fulfillment surveys oh, i mean yeah, the, the entire ecosystem around kickstarter and all you have to do yes. is how much time i mean i can't well, and and and, <laughs> and they've also because they've gotten so much more professional i mean that's so i talked about the good of kickstarter and the fact that it awakens this creativity the negative side of it is you know the profit margins on a typical game that you know is going to do well you know, like a cool mini or not, or whatever. Simon. It's just, yeah, it's just Simon. That's right. They actually changed their name. Did they? Yeah. Okay. Simon. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's pure money into their pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. And then they're also going to put it in distribution. Hey, more power to them. They can do whatever they want. I get a little, you know, like I'd, I'd much rather see the smaller publishers be the ones who are leveraging Kickstarter more and, and they just go straight into distribution. But you know what? Greed sells and the fact that you're going to get, so much more, you know, you can do it. Now, the downside of that, the other downside of that is now, you know, like even our campaign, you know, uh, has been compared to, well, you know, Simon did it. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, C- C- yeah. You know, Simon's yeah. doing this. You know, <clears throat> look, we're, you know, we're, there's me. <laughs> right. There's Sean and he's got a couple of people who works with, work with him. Right. You know, so you're talking like three, four people who are doing a campaign and you know, pulling right. out all the stops to make sure it it kicks butt. It, it'd be like if Jason and I were going to make an an, an an iPhone game, right? Right. I mean, it, you number one, you would not do it to make money because <laughs> you 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 couldn't really. Right. right. And 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 Unless two, you can do it at scale. And two, you just you know, you we could make our own little boutiquey thing, whatever right. we enjoy. Maybe some other people enjoy. And like, I have a friend who who's done that, and it's yeah. great. You know, made a little bit of cash. I mean, it's not a big yep. deal. But you're not going to have mega hits, and you can't be compared to mega hits because the pockets aren't deep, the resources aren't there. You're not going to have the music. Not, you're not going to have the. It's just not yeah. the same. But what I'm, what I wanted to, the the point I wanted to poke on here is that you're not that, but you still have to be at the bar in terms you of what it. your page looks like <laughs> with stretch goals, right. and you have to respond to all the people Q and A, and as if you totally a campaign that would have done twenty thousand dollars or thirty thousand dollars two years ago. We'll do thirteen dollars and sixty five cents right now. Right, you know because because right. and it, it all starts with you know somebody says what I want to do is yeah you know and or no. I'd really like to do minis for this game and I need your help to you know that's what Kickstarter was supposed to be about yeah 
But Kickstarter now is bring your finished product, and instead of going into distribution, you do it this way. Yep. Um, yep. The reality people don't understand this either is right now my our profits are done. Like we're going to make a little bit on this. There's no doubt, right? But we're going to make more it on the back end more than anything else. The Kickstarter levels largely cover the cost. The stretch goals largely cover the cost of just that stretch goal. So, for example. Our first yours were fairly tight together. I noticed your yeah, stretch like goals. Yeah, like five grand a piece. They're now seven grand a piece. Yeah. So you know, and and we're crawling around at like two to four thousand dollars a day, which is great, by mm-hmm. the way. Yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. I've seen other campaigns certainly go negative and stuff. We're just, I, and that tells me, by the way, that I think we're resonating with people who see it. It's getting people to see it. Is yeah. Is the big How do you get through the noise? Yeah. Yeah, and 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 the reality again goes back to budget, and you know, there's like what third like over 3000 games published a year now. Yeah, Simon has, you know, 100,000 people on their mailing list. Uh, we don't. <laughs> so, I mean, I say we. I am not part of of Mr. B Games, but this is the second game I've done with him. Mm-hmm. And over time he's become a good friend of mine. So, mm-hmm. you know, Sean has. Yeah. So, so I say we, but the reality, I mean, I've also acted as as I said earlier the studio on this game, which means I didn't just design it and turn it over and go, "Hey, create the artwork." I managed all of the creation of the artwork. Mm. Um, so every piece is the stink of Scott Demers on it. If you don't like it, just email me. That's that's where blame belongs. Last last thing, um, and if you want to cap it as well. But last, last, when someone plays this game, what's either the best thing you've heard, or like, wh- what do you want people to walk away from the table feeling about about what you made? Number one is I want them to walk away going, I want to play again. That's great, right? That's number one. Let's play again. I want them to make sure I, I'm all about fun. Yeah. I, I want not to feel like it was fiddly, not, not any of that stuff. Right. So as far as the experience, it's absolutely, that's what, that's what it comes down to. I want them to walk away feeling like I just played as, you know, Pericles leading Athens, mm. trying to, you know, push back the Trojan hordes and, you know, and while I'm while, while building this elegant civilization based on you know uh, arts and crafts, and you know, I, I, I mean, I want them to be immersed in yeah. Greece. So, as a as a designer, what this is kind of maybe it's a little obtuse, but one of the things I think is fascinating is like people they they have no idea when unless they've tried to make a particular kind of kind of art, right? Like, and I I look at these games as a kind of art, right? Absolutely. Um, they don't kind of know how to get from here to there. And so I think, um, you know, obviously someone who hasn't designed a game is not going to do what you've done tomorrow, right? That's not the right approach. But, but what, what would you say to someone that wants to, that wants to dip their toe into that world yeah, and, and become good, good and do something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me, let me stumble through this. <laughs> thinking about it in my own terms for me when i read a book mm-hmm. watch a movie um daydream whatever um twice a day mm-hmm. i have this feeling like it'd be really cool to play that as a game mm-hmm. like that hits me right and, and that can be anything from oh, it'd be cool to be you know Thor fighting against Thanos, or or you know, to um, you know, watching Game of Thrones and going, I'm really intrigued by the court politics, right? To me, that's the most fascinating part: the battle of these you know, things, yeah. like seven families all trying to vie for control, and some don't care about it, right? That's a good analog for even Hellenica, right? So I sit here and go, gosh, and then it's just a, how could you make that? fun right right like what would what would be 
And then you start thinking about. So the first question is, what would make that fun? I like that. That's yeah. yeah. How you, you know, because that's you know you can um, and 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 the other the other I think critical one is what's the experience you want people to have, right? Right. So um, in our in our playtest group, a guy brought a game. Um, I'm going to obscure this a little bit, but he brought a game about the concept of of uh, you're a used car salesman. The struggle I had was, is that what people want? to do like from a game perspective the reality was he was jazzed about it and the mechanics of the game had some real promise what he didn't have in the game was i think used car i think i'm going to stab you in the back to get a sale right <laughs> right there's a that that i'm going to fool you the right. dirty politics yeah. side of it that, right and suddenly i it, and i said you know i don't i'd like to see more screw you kind of stuff in the game if it's about a used car if it's about if you're a used car right. salesman and, 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 and I don't think that was my, I think somebody else suggested it. And was, suddenly I go, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? So. Like Sheriff of Nottingham, like that type of thing where you're trying to like yeah. pull the wool over someone's eyes type yeah, of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so those kind that kind of concept was like, so, and a first step to me is, um, is a blank piece of paper and a pen. Yeah. And start scribbling out your ideas. I have 42 spreadsheets on my laptop. I do it in spreadsheet form, <laughs> but I have 42 spreadsheets that have, I bet you five or six cells only entered where I typed in, scribbled down a quick idea. Like mm. I was sitting there at work. Yeah. Huh? I type in a quick idea about, and, and I start, and it could work this way and it could work that way. So like, um, you know, uh, what about a game where there were, where it, in this particular one, it was a, a two player game where, it's a, it's a military game. So think cavalry and Indians or something along those kind of lines. Right. And, but the, the cavalry, their big hook was they have an HQ kind of in the back and they'd have to send out messengers to their, to their units out in the field. So there's actually a messenger that doesn't move on the map, but, but it actually moves. And so if I issue orders to this unit, it in two turns, it takes effect. Mm -hmm. So I have to almost pre-plan turns of it. And it might be, these guys got slaughtered. How do I get, these, and I can't get this other unit to go support it for two more turns because of the delay. And, also, and then the messengers could be captured by the Native Americans and they could uncover what the plans are. You know, and I and started, and, okay, in the end, I don't think that's a viable game. But the, just that, the concept, and so you go, what, what's the, the hook? Oh, that's cool. This idea of where there actually are or or something similar, right? Or something similar where maybe the orders got scrambled and they do orders got scrambled. Like, you know what I mean? Like they, <laughs> they do a different because all the it. war games that we play, right? The, the the units always do what we tell them to do. You got it, and <laughs> which I, is I, not I, real, right? Which is not real. Like I mean, you got it. I'm I'm in this farmhouse and I'm defending this farmhouse, and meanwhile I have perfect cognition to yeah. tell Sergeant Johnson over here, right? You know, right? Fifty five hundred yards away. And on the other side of the battlefield, that he needs to come to my aid. Yeah, and if you ever so, seen Band of Brothers, you know that that's that not the way it works. Work, you know? yeah. So that kind of thing. So so, you. By the way, what you just did. Oh, and and the idea of the orders get scrambled. You just nailed exactly how the design process works. You have this tangent, and then you go off this way, and then you go. I'm off good this at way. tangents. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, yeah. Our main, that's, that's our main. That's, that's so like, what we do. Yeah. So like the game I'm working on after <laughs> after Hellenica the, that's in design process right now is. Um, you know, the movie Mad Max, the original yep. one, not the, the, by the way, the Fury Road's phenomenal, but the original, uh, the, the original. The Road Warrior. Yeah. The Road Warrior. Actually, let me even take a step back. The original sequel. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so right where, where he's, where they have the, I, I thought, wouldn't it be a great game if you actually are those folks who are in the, 
dist- the distillery or whatever that was the where the pro- the processing plant. Mm-hmm. And there are the marauding hordes trying to get at you. Not a tower defense game. Your goal is to process enough fuel, collect enough parts of cars to build your caravan and get out before the marauders overwhelm you. And so you're feverishly fighting a losing battle trying to create this. <laughs> and oh, by the way, there are four up to four players doing the same thing. And you together build a single large caravan and then these marauders will trash your caravan as you go. It's, it's, it's loads of fun. It, it feels like you're playing the movie. You know, the, is it Mad Max? That's the one. Yeah. yeah. It, plays like you're, it feels like you're playing Mad Max. Because I think it was what? Road, Road Warrior, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, right. Fury Road. Right. Okay. Yeah, you want to talk about, talk about tangents. It, so that made me think of, um, oh, God, what was, the, what was the, I'm blanking, I'm blanking on the show. I'm blanking on the show. Firefly. Give me something. There you go. Right. So fire, the basic idea of Firefly is like these, you, do you know what I'm talking about? So these are the people that all the Star Trek ships just like flew right past. Yeah, right. right? Like they're, they're, they, they, did, they do not exist in the show Star, Star Trek. These are all the like, oh, there's schmoes and they're trash hauler sort of thing. It's right. like the entire conceit of this show. Which I love but, that. But just turning that into, into, into something else. What are the uh, stories in between the yeah, spaces, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, there's exactly. so many things that are not delved. Yes. Right, uh, where you can take things like that. So what 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 I what I also liked about what you had to say, which maybe it's because it confirms my biases, um, is that um, just making art involves collaboration to a certain degree. And and you know I, I do I do fiction writing. I do I do a, a variety of things, and I'm kind of surprised by the number of people that think that they can go into a closet and they'll just come out with this just magical right, thing. Exactly. Yeah, and and so whether it's theme or gameplay or anything else, um, what I'm what what I'm like think I'm kind of teasing out of what you're saying to it to a certain extent is you know focus on what you think is interesting focus on what you think is fun and then start something and show it to someone a you nailed it <laughs> don't be ashamed yeah um in our design group it's called prototopia here in denver it's on meetup mm-hmm. uh, in prototopia was that a shameless plug is that what that yeah. was? That, no, you're allowed that's, you're that's, allowed that's, that's, okay. Okay. yeah that's, so, that's why you're um, here <laughs> You know, the, I would say thirty percent of the designs we see aren't viable games. We we just we, the feedback is is and and but we have fun with it. I mean, it's not like you come in and we go that's stupid. But you go, you know, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? And um, it it is essential, right? It's nobody nobody's omnipotent. We it's essential to get that feedback. Yeah, and if you get it early rather than three years down the road, then you might be able to take it. No, I I, I just wanted to cap the the process of showing your stuff to other people and one of the things that you said that i know what you meant but i i i think we should just clarify a little bit is is you said like a lot of it's it's not going anywhere right so a lot of people they show up with their game and you know you sit down and you're like it's not going anywhere and and i was at Worldcon this last week with the world science fiction thing where the hugos are awarded and one of the award winners and i don't remember Oh, <laughs> but one of the things she said on stage, and I can't remember which person it was, but she's like, you know, I wrote, I wrote a million words of crap, right? And then I wrote a, a million words that were okay, right? And so, <laughs> and she's up there, you know, taking an award, and I feel terrible because I can't remember which person it was. J.M. The, the, the lady who won the Hugo. Well, the, there's so that's I the that's name. the not that's M.K. Jemison. Yes, right, is, is who you're thinking of, yeah. and I don't think it was her. 
Anyway, it was the, so there are a lot of Hugos, but you're thinking of the Hugo for the novel. Yes. Right. Um, so, but what they said was, you know, I, I wrote a million words of crap and then I wrote a million words that were okay. Right. And just because someone's showing up at this design process and they have something and it's not going to be a game. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a goddamn win, right? <laughs> like that, that's a win All because they, long. they did something. They, they showed, showed up, up. They showed up. They yeah. sh- most importantly, they showed, they up. showed up um, and they got feedback from other people and they learned from it. And the next thing that they're going to bring may be a game, right? And on that note, at, at Beacon, Labor Day weekend, both Friday and Saturday, 3 p.m., game design contest, right? The winner get gets in essence a, a a solid chance at a contract with Mr. B Games but everybody who participates gets to experience what it's like to pitch your game and you get feedback on pitching your game. Mm-hmm. We don't have a vested we're not there representing the company we're just a bunch of of fellow designers and whatnot. It's a great opportunity and I know there are still a few slots open. So I don't know if this And so Beacon is Beacon is a, is a, a local convention here in Denver run by Mr. B Games, right? <laughs> so it's Beacon. The B will never go. Everything he does has B Beacon, B, <laughs> Mr. B Games yeah, Mr. B, always. Yeah. But it's it's just it's just a lo- and it's a pure gamers con. It's not they're not It's a lot like the Genghis Khan one, right? It's Yeah, it's a lot like Genghis it's Khan. Very localish it's, con. It's localish con. Yeah. A regional although he's pulling in you know, some fairly big name designers for it, but you know, people like Richard Lanius and whatnot will be there. Oh, Richard cool. Lanius had a great line. He was there last year too, and he ran a session. Arkham Horror. Yeah, Arkham Horror is his big one. Yeah. Talking about, you know, the game design process. And he said, Look, when you're going out for playtest, and you will know this very well as an mm-hmm. author, Jason, mm-hmm. is when you're going out for playtest and getting feedback on your game, everybody gives you feedback about how to make the, the game into something that they would have designed or mm-hmm. they would have, have mm-hmm. played or they want to want to play. And that may not match what you want. Mm-hmm. He said, so you I, I, make sure you remember that as you're getting feedback on your game. Is that what I want it to be? Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm definitely not trying to say that taking feedback is easy um, because, not. because, because it's definitely a skill and, and you will definitely encounter those people. Yeah. Um, I've gotten pissed off. Yeah. Like actually angry and, and it's not, about <laughs> feedback that was given to me about something that I knew was right. Yeah. I mean, all right. the feedback Scott's going to give us after this is yeah. done. Yeah. It's, it's going to be really hard it's to say. It's going to be, <laughs> it's gonna be hard. And vice versa, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, I've, you know, workshop novels and short fiction and, 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 um, and screenplays. And you do run into those people who are like, you know, say they're, they're really into like military fiction and your story is about like a cat. Yeah. Right? Right, and they're right. like, well, it, this would be much better yeah. with, you know, more warships in it. And you're like, thank you for your contribution. Yes. Um, but you know, that process is important and, and you have to learn like some of those, some of that feedback is good, right? Like the, and, 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 and understanding what people, where they're coming from, a lot of it is good, but you kind of have to learn how to synthesize it and you have to learn how to take it and you have to you learn what you should smile and not, and not, and try really hard not to want to throttle someone when they tell you that you need more well, worship. The flip side of that too is when you're getting that feedback is, is okay. What, what is, what is relevant? What is meaningful? Cause there absolutely are game designs I've seen where, you know what? It's not a viable game. Mm-hmm. I understand your concept, but this is a complete retool. And that's always the hardest to say. You know, I usually say... Start it, over. Start over, right? Or yeah. these mechanics don't work together. And typically, that feedback is delivered with something along the lines, some phrase like, I, I'm just going to call it this way. I don't understand where the fun is in this game. Right. Yeah. Right? Right. 
you know, or well, that's why I asked you what what do you want people to walk away from? Because when I think about any creative thing, or like Jason and I will talk about, we've recently been talking about like who who wants to listen to the show? Like, what is the target person, and what yeah, do we yeah. want them to to think about that? You know, what do you if someone plays your game, reads your book, what do you want them to come away? And you got to keep that in your head, yep, right when you're making your tweaks and your refinements and and all that, right? You know, when you're you lay down to go to bed at night and you've just finished a great book mm. or you just saw an awesome movie or maybe you had a fantastic game night, right? I don't want it to be where you lay down and you go, if I had only done this one thing, I would have won or something like that. <laughs> but I do want, like I've gone, I've absolutely laid my head down and, and been like machinating through like, oh, and you know, next time what I want to do is this and oh, that, that part was really cool. And I'm literally dreaming, yeah. not consciously, I'm dreaming about the next time I play the game, mm-hmm. that that right there, that's about that's a grand slam. That's not a home run. That's there's a not grand too many games slam. that do that. No, I mean, you know, I mean, right. I agree with you. I mean, I, I'm not sure I could even make a top ten list of tabletop games that do right. that. I mean, that's why role playing games are tremendously fun because of that narrative. They yeah. they they bring Agreed. that. You know, I mean, so like Triumph and Tragedy does that for me. That's okay. one of my all time like favorites. Lot, yeah. You know, that that, that leans toward towards war game. Just but, for Triumph and Tragedy is. Uh, it's a three-player game where it's it's a World War II scenario, but pre-World War II, and you can play it alternate history. You can basically yeah, play it's it a out sandbox. where the, the war does not have to happen. Huh. Yeah, so that's right. just kind of what I've played, about. I've played it where I, as the Western Allies, went to war against the evil of the Bolsheviks with my ally Adolf Hitler. Right. And got yes. my you know rear yeah. end kicked and the Soviets <laughs> won. I mean, it's just what I like about that game is, and Frank, Magic Realm is very good at this too, is those are the games that tend to appeal me? It appeal to me is sandbox. Sounds like well, it, every time I play the game, it's different and it's a narrative. It's telling a story, and that has absolutely been the vision in this game design. Is that is going to be the same way? Um, I, I don't as much enjoy walking away from a game and going, "Oh, that was a game." Well, like what's that? What's an example <laughs> of that? Like I mean, not uh, um, yeah. Let me think. Doesn't of, have to be like a personal think of a thing. Well, like um. I really enjoy Azul. Azul is a game. It's I like, love Azul. I yeah, do. I, it's, love it's it. a, I think it's a classic. What a, it's, I agree with you, but I don't dream about it at no. night. When I'm playing it, <laughs> no. I, I, Azul is a, you know, is a Euro, right? It's about as Euro as they get. In it's abstract. Abstract, it's abstract, right? You're, you're right. And it's cool, and you're scoring victory points. So one of the reasons, for example, in Hellenica, and there's nothing wrong with this, but sometimes games that, that it's all about getting, getting victory points, I won because I have 25 victory points and you have 23. Yes. I cr- I win. Yeah. This is this is our this is our, our our ubiquitous thing is like I'm I'm a very narrative driven person. Like yes. I, I I like I like games that and I like Azul. Um but <laughs> um so much narrative it's there's rich. So much narrative. Yeah. Those right? blue, like, blue tiles. There's no you, <laughs> there's no story that you like I put the last blue tile down, right? Like it's 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 a very different experience as a person. Yes. Right? And you you can't you can't go, hey, Bob, you should have seen how quickly I put the blue tile down, right? Like- right. <laughs> no, exactly. The idea that I'm, like, when, as I'm placing units on the map or I'm building my civilization, it's because I'm building, I'm trying to get more favor with a certain god such that I can do this re- incredibly fun thing that is probably going to come at your expense. Yeah. And I know that and it's in my head and you don't see it coming. That's fun. I, I mean, I really do like the fact that you have the goal-oriented thing and that you don't have this around a score track around the end. Like, I, right. I, I really... Or even that we all share the same goals, which is like, for example, Lords of Hellas, right? Circling back to another game about ancient Greece, which looks amazing, and I'm anxious to play very soon. Mm-hmm. 
But you know, there's you win in one of four ways, and everybody or whatever, three, four ways, and everybody has the exact same victory conditions, mm-hmm. right? And and that that misses the mark a little bit for me. Like I may be mo- working to one, and you're working for a different one. Mm-hmm. But what if I don't? Wouldn't it, I just love the idea that I don't exactly what you're looking for, working for? Right. I can surmise that by looking at some of your actions. Right. But I don't know. And it creates that tension. I mean, there's all, all those tension. things that we like in, and in the, games, and, right? You know, somebody once said, you know, your game has race in it. And I was totally baffled. Until what? I, race in it. And I go, what? And he goes, no, it's a race. I said, oh, thank God. I didn't know where you were going. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know what you meant either. <laughs> oh. but, but the point is, is, you know, you're racing to get your goals done. And ultimately, everybody would win the game given an infinite amount of time. Right. So you are trying to win first. Yeah. Right? Who's going to win first? Yeah. And there's a, a neat element to that because there's tension. And every turn that goes by, you not a tension in the good way. Like yeah. you feel that like, oh, I gotta, uh, I'm not working these as fast right. as I need to. And that's no. really neat to me. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Cool. Well, Sean, uh, Jesus. Scott, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you said Sean so many times. Yeah. Right, right, right. yeah. No, Scott, um, absolutely appreciate you coming by and just having the discussion. It was it was. A lot of fun. It was great. And uh, Hellenica, Story of Greece uh, on, on Kickstarter. Till September 7th. And what else? Is there anything else you want to plug while you're on here? Any other URLs? Protopia. Protopia. Yeah, Protopia, Meetup, Mr. B Games. Um, no, I don't think so. I'm sure there's something I'm forgetting that I'll... It'd be like this overdub, really yeah, yeah. bad overdub. Do we, get a, hint at, like, over, Do we get a hint at what the next project is? Or? Um, uh, you, I, actually, yeah, thank you. All right. Um, next project is, that I'm probably going to work on isn't actually going to be my game. It's going to be probably Panzer Doctrine um, hmm. by Mr. B Games, which okay. is a, a, honestly really innovative game. Think of, um, it's not a war game. It's actually a Euro more than anything else, but it's... I have a very puzzled look uh, on na- my name, face. Right, <laughs> name, name Pan, yeah, too, where's the video? Panzer. Uh, named Panzer Doctrine. Yeah. And it's about the, the great powers trying to design... The, the right kind of tank to dominate the battlefields oh, leading yeah. into World War II huh. against each other. Wow. And it's, it's uh, and then you actually, you kind of, you fight it out, but you fight it out in an abstract way. Really, really unique design. I think it'll really appeal to lighter, light war gamers as well as Euro gamers. And Mr. B is uh, most likely going to do that. That's probably what I'll work on next. Cool. Um, you want to just kind of, we can close up with just some of what we've been playing lately. Like just oh, we quick, can. quick roundup we on can. that. And... Um, uh, what's I'll my just... name? Which one am I? What am I doing? <laughs> <laughs> so some of the things I've been playing, I got, uh, first time I got to play Thunder Alley the other night. That was real fun. It was a stock car racing game. I said it was an incredible cultural fit for a bunch of mm. urban professional guys to be playing a NASCAR game. <laughs> it's pretty funny. I mean, yep. but you know, we had a great time. It was like seven people and racing little cardboard things. It's it's a lot of fun. It kind of reminded me of, I've talked about Flamme Rouge on the show before, where it's got the drafting, mm-hmm. you know, where you're yeah, trying yeah, to yeah. fit behind. It's a dial up the notch a little bit on the complexity, but not a ton. Um, you know, it's made by GMT, which you're immediately, a lot of people are going to be like, whoa, that's too heavy for me, but it's really not a heavy game at all. It's a lot of fun. Um, right. I We had a great time. Um, so that was fun. Um, I'm going to talk about Root, uh, a woodland game of might and right, probably next time. I want to mm-hmm. get a little bit deeper into it. I want to get a little bit more play. Uh, this is a game by Cole Worley. Um, he's done a, a few other games. I might have mentioned John Company before on the show. Uh, this is a brilliant art. It's got like kind of a red wall sort of theme, you know, woodland animals. It's got the cats and the birds and the raccoon. And and it's 
the the thing with this game beyond the art just being cool, which there's plenty of games out there right now that that have that of, of that sort of you know cutesy theme. This game is a fully asymmetric game, so every faction in this um, has their own way of scoring points. They they play the game completely differently. Um, it's it, it's really interesting. I, I really want to kind of get my teeth into a little bit more to kind of see what's there. And then the last thing that's I've been playing on, uh, I've just been playing on Steam. I've been playing in, Into the Breach. Oh yeah, which is uh, you heard of this one, Scott? Mm-mm. No, it's uh, have you ever heard of Faster Than Light FTL? Yes. Okay, so it's the same developers as FTL. Um, Faster Than Light was a, a game where you're on this uh, spaceship and it's you know it's going through space and like bad things are just it's just a matter of like when the bad thing happens right you're you're gonna die when does it happen and trying to keep it going as long as you can i like those games mm-hmm. yeah so it's it's a, that roguelike sort of thing this takes it but it's a this is you know my style like the turn-based tactical grid stuff and it's very puzzly i don't know if you've you heard of it at mm-hmm. all no yeah not. so so you have three mechs and and it's got all the thing where you can unlock different mechs and all that sort of unlocky you know uh endorphin sort of stuff going on mm. but it's it's all kind of you instead of like a final fantasy tactic style thing where like you make your moves and then the other side goes against you instead you see what the ai is going to do and you have to move your mechs and do things to stop them so for instance if think like robo rally where you you know the the program thing of like that other opposing mech is going to shoot and you're defending your towns is what you're doing right Mm. and you're and so if they're going to shoot straight, you might use some ability that like pulls them over a square to shoot into their own guy. So it's got kind of a puzzly aspect, but not puzzly to the point of there's definitely a solution because there might not be a solution, right? <laughs> right. So it might just be impossible. Um, and it's a lot of fun just kind of trying to get a little bit farther like you get in the roguelikes. It's got just, you know, pixel graphics. So I've been, I've been playing that a fair bit and uh, it's... It, it's thinking and it's got the turn-based thing. So I'm, I'm liking that quite a bit. Yeah. So I've been a business travel guy, so I have not been playing much, but, but before the business travel, I, you, you let me borrow one of your unlocked games. Right. And so we had, uh, we had an experience. Um, so in this particular version, so unlocked are, are basically puzzle games in a box for anyone who's not played them. And I hadn't played them. And so, Rebecca and I have, have had this game sitting here, and we said, "Oh, we're gonna go, we're gonna go check it out." It uh, it had this downside that you told me about ahead of time, and that you kind of start the game separate in this particular right, one, right? And so it's not as kind of collaborative and and fun. Well, and, it's also not the best one for two, right? right. It's better with four because that way you can be two on either thing, right? Yeah. Right? Right? So, but I did tell you that. Oh, yeah, he you you did warn me, but I wanted to I wanted to check it sure. out, and and so. I think you were right. Not the best game for two people, um, but it was it was kind of fun. It definitely we definitely had this this experience of how the heck were we supposed to do? Would that? you would if I got another one of those? Would yeah, you want to do it with yeah. me, Stacy? Like yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so I, we'll do I've that. actually thought about buying. I looked at at the ratings and I, I found a couple that are like these. If you're going to play unlocked, you should actually play the ones right. that have better ratings. Right. Than I probably this. chose so, poorly. Yeah. Well, because my kids hate them, they won't play anymore. Oh, really? They, they refuse. They refuse. <laughs> No, so just... we we survived. I'm. I think we're willing to try it again. Right. Um. I don't know. Maybe I should. Maybe I should say I'm willing to try it again. I haven't asked Becky. Um. But uh, I was going to get another one at some point to try cool. as as an experiment. So you know, it, not bad. But that particular one, we're like, really, guys, really. There were... But would you would you rather we just played like another Sherlock Holmes? Consulting Detective, or would you rather do that? I know. I I I tried again. I, okay. I like Consulting Detective a lot. Just in 
well, for a lot of reasons, but, but I do want, I, it is on my list to do is to try a different one of those games okay. and see if I have a kind of a different experience or, right. or if I have a bias. And so before that, I actually played a VR game that I like. Shocking. Well, I don't really like any of the other ones that I, I played. And uh, other than, uh, you have not, I mean, you've Moss. like showed me like some little ones. Yeah. So yeah. I showed you, I showed you Moss. So I, it's a VR game that yep. is actually, I don't know if have you played it. No, I, I played, I played one VR game, but I, I, yeah. A couple that my son has. But. Yeah. So, so Moss, I was actually, oh, this is a game that someone made for VR and is actually. That's the know, one with the root style this, graphics. Yeah, like a, you're yeah, a mouse you're running a through mouse, the forest. Running around. Whatever, yeah. This is more my speed. It's uh, survival, survival horror. Theme wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, I'm a mouse running through the forest and I went. Yeah, yeah. So Scott, not into the mice. Yeah, it's not his thing. He, not my no. thing. Not, um, so this this game is called The Persistence, and I'm a, I'm a survival horror guy. If I'm going to play uh, video games, I like suspense. I really like that sort of oh. And this game, uh, yeah. So this game, I was like, oh, it it auto generates the levels, and it's kind of I'm like ew. And I'm like, this sounds terrible. And I played it and I'm like, wow, I really like this. And I, I'm not a really big kind of VR game guy. Like, I'm very excited that the medium's moving. So if you like survival horror, you like, and you, you're willing to play a PSVR game, I think the persistence is actually pretty good. Can, can, can I be a jerk and guess what, what you're dying to say? You know what you're going to say. Am I, am I right? You, see, you, aliens I, from outer space? Oh, no, no, no. Oh, okay. Oh, oh no. I thought you were going to say he needs to play Aliens from Outer Space. Okay. No, no, no. I was going to play. I was going to name a, a, oh, go a, ahead. a video Sorry. game. There's oh. one video game oh, okay. that I play right now. Oh, okay. just, just the one. Go for it. Dead by Daylight. Oh, okay. Have you played Dead by Daylight? Is that no. the zombie? No. What is that? I'm, I'm, I'm Dead by Daylight. Okay. So what platform? De- uh, Steam. Okay. Okay. So I'll get you my username afterwards. Uh, <laughs> Dead by Daylight, five-player game. And it, you play you know, online, obviously. And uh-huh. uh, four of you are survivors. And you're running around trying to get these generators working. And then once you get four generators working, you can open these escape doors and escape. Meanwhile, there is a killer played by the fifth player who is hunting you down to kill you and hang you on a hook. Oh, wow. And, and, then, the, and then the other, if you get hung on a hook, the other people have to come and rescue you. Um, and uh, I... I'm not that guy. I'm not that right. And I am so hooked on this game and I travel a lot for work. <laughs> I play at my hotel room almost every night for a little bit. It's um, phenomenal. And How now, long does the game take to play a game of? Oh, it's like a 10 to 15 minute oh, huh. session, 20 minute session. And then, and then, but what's funny is, so you get, you earn perks over time to make your guy well, a little bit better, yeah, that course. kind of thing. But uh, the game has done so well that they've introduced actual movie characters into it. So now you can play as like Michael Myers or you can play huh. as Freddy Krueger. And you haven't um, heard of this? Jason Voorhees. It sounds J- familiar, but yeah. yeah I, you I can't play as Jason. They, they came out with their own game. Oh, well. And so he's not, but, but all these, it's so, if I had brought my laptop, I would force you to watch it right now. <laughs> it's so, it's so fun. Dead but by it, daylight. It's the most tense game I've ever, like you play it. And because as if it's not freaky enough that there's somebody out there hunting you, <laughs> as the person gets closer, there's a heartbeat that gets louder and faster. Yeah, 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 so yeah. you're sitting here and it's like, dun dun, dun dun, huh? Dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun, dun dun. You're like, ah, you know, it's a phenomenal. So, so, so you play that. What else have you been playing? Uh, on Steam, that's it. Okay, so that's yeah. kind of your game. Yeah. Any I, I, mobile I games or? No, 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 not really. No, no I'm not. I'm not really. Uh, I play Star Realms on on mobile, but that's just when I'm on a flight, kind of thing, playing against AI. Okay. I'm not, a, I'm not a big video gamer anymore at okay. all. And despite then having other than obviously Helenica on your world tour junket, uh, right. uh, what, what else you've been jamming on on the table? Uh, uh, 
since we launched Kickstarter game, I have I have not played a single game. But uh, truthfully, <laughs> okay. if that if Fair I'm enough. honest, I mean I haven't seen you in a while, so no, I know, I, and I've been traveling a lot for work. But uh, I've been playing you know, a lot of like Triumph and Tragedy. Uh, Clank is is just. I still a, have never played that damn well, game. It's a great game. I know, great I've heard game. it's great. I'll bring that to Beacon too, or we can we can play it. There. I, I've, you know, it's I, by a, but it's that's by, by a local Denver, guy, right? Yeah, a local guy, yeah. super nice. Um, yeah, and, and there's Clank in space. Which one do you prefer? If um, I, was play I haven't one. played Clank in Space. I've heard it's really. I've good. I've heard it's good. I don't. I don't quite get the concept. Like I'm. I'm not. I'm not as big on uh, like uh, a re. Was not retheme, but like, reskin. Reskin. Uh, but so I was kind of like uh, uh, out of spite. I'm going to stick with Clank. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is. It is to me the best deck builder with a board game that I've played. Cool. So and I have played Tyrants of the Underdark, which is good too. So cool. Excellent. All right. Well, this was great. Again, Scott, thanks so much. Thank you for having me. I got it right this time. And uh, all right, we'll talk to you later. Thanks, everyone. Context Free is a contrarian content production. Find out more information at contextfree.fm along with our show notes. Our theme music is Chocolate and Cocaine by Lorenzo's Music. Find out more about Lorenzo's Music at lorenzosmusic.com.